It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are a Locked On Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. I'm Grant McCauley. He's Jake Mastriani. And we come to you after a very profitable weekend for the Atlanta Braves, who racked up runs as they racked up hits. And of course, if you do those two things in not that specific order, but in any order will do, any which way you can do it, you'll rack up some wins. And the Braves certainly did that against the Rockies, sweeping this four-game series, pushing their win streak to six games. The Braves, dare we say it, are starting to click on all cylinders offensively, and we got a lot to talk about on this edition of the show. Before we get started, I want to remind you to subscribe to Locked On Sports Atlanta right here on YouTube. Click the bell to get notifications every time we drop a new episode. Go ahead, hit that like button because there was a lot to like about this weekend for the Braves as well. And make sure you subscribe to Locked On Braves wherever you get your podcast. Jake, I don't know what there is left to say as far as effusive praise to heap on the Braves offense, but what they have done over the course of the last few days when you flash back to how this week started, to how they were able to salvage things in Detroit, and then roll home and put on the offensive show that they have put on for the past four games, you have to feel pretty good about what this lineup is capable of and thus what this Braves team could be capable of this year. We've said it all along when we've seen it in the last couple of years. When the weather heats up, these bats seem to heat up, and that's exactly what we're starting to see. Now maybe the level of competition helping out a little bit there, but still you got to get it done. And these four games, it was never even close. I mean, the Rockies took a, a big lead on Sunday, and it still ended up not being a close game in the Braves' favor. And that's just where this offense is right now. They're just going to outscore you if they have to. Yeah, that big lead did not last very long. But for the Rockies, uh, they had to feel like at least on Sunday, maybe they had a puncher's chance of getting out of town without being swept as they jumped up by a 5 nothing score on Charlie Morton. That was not to be, though, as the Braves scored them, outscored them the rest of the way 14-1, to which mm-hmm. by my calculations – is usually a pretty good margin to either stage a big comeback or just flat out win a baseball game. But let's talk about it. Number 72 of the year, as far as games are concerned for this Braves team, a Rockies taking the loss, dropped to 16 games below 500. They're 29 and 45, six runs, 11 hits, no errors, 11 men left on base. Braves, meanwhile, now 20 games over 500 at 46 and 26, 14 runs on 18 hits, an error, 11 men left aboard. Charlie Morton did pick up the win. We'll talk some about that. Uh, Chase Anderson was on the receiving end of a whole bunch of those runs in the early going of this game as well. The game lasted three hours and one minute. Crowd of 41,161 paid to see it. Uh, Again, usually we'll kind of have this formula of going through what was going on with the starting pitcher, but I don't think that we can bury the lead about what the Braves offense did on this day. And in particular, two men come to mind. The first, Michael Harris, the second, the Braves' ninth place hitter. Let that sink in. He hits ninth for this club. Went five for five with a home run. Three runs knocked in. Three more runs scored. He is absolutely scorching hot. And Eddie Rosario, speaking of hot, he is dialing up long distance this month at a rate more so than any other Braves hitter and better than all but one hitter in Major League Baseball. And that man's name is Shohei Otani. He's got nine homers this month. Rosario's got eight, including two more on Sunday. Jake, both of these guys showed up in a big way on Sunday afternoon at Truist Park. And you mentioned it, the seven and nine hole hitters for the Braves right now. And you're starting to look at this lineup and look at the OPS attached to all these names. 
and now Michael Harris is up over 700. Everybody yeah. in this starting line, lineup now is over 700 OPS. And Michael Harris, the way he's going, he's going to catch up to all the other guys that are well above 750. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's great to see what Michael Harris is doing. I mean, we talked about it. We knew when he finally got there, and we knew it would happen, that it was going to be some sort of streak like this to really boost him back up there. But, I mean, he's starting to find holes now. Things are starting to go his way. I mean, some balls that just went off the glove of a second baseman in this series that go mm-hmm. for a hit. I mean, some of that he was definitely due with some of the bad luck that he was having, you know, at least in the couple of weeks leading up to this hot streak where he really started to hit the ball a lot better. So it's really great to see that for him. Eddie Rosario, look, you know, I've had people ask me. I've wondered at times myself. Is he going to continue to get the job and the opportunities in left field? Well, this is why, because he's capable of doing stuff like this, and he's a major league hitter that has a lot of experience and has a long track record of big success like this. So those two guys at the bottom of the order, just really getting it done, I think that's what's most impressive about this Braves lineup. It's a weekend where Acuna, at least hit-wise, didn't really factor in. O'Reilly, hit-wise, didn't really factor in, and they still have this big, huge outburst offensively. Yeah, this offense, just in case you're curious and keeping score of these four games put together, the Braves outscored the Rockies 40-12. to 12. I mean, that sounds like a series that should have taken place at Coors Field. In fact, it did not. You mentioned it earlier, this Rockies team definitely kind of down on its luck right now, has a lot of you know problems in the pitching department, just don't have the arms that they need, and they're underpowered from an offensive standpoint because they've had to deal with a lot of injuries. But for the Braves, the job's very simple. You know, you go out there and you beat the teams that you're supposed to win the series that you're supposed to bank those wins and move on to what's going to be more challenging competition. But this had kind of been something that I think people were wondering about, Jake, to playing down to the competition in some cases. And that Oakland series seemed to be the one that got everybody all worked up. But the Braves, they just very simply found an answer for that. They went out, found a way to win a series in Arizona. Then they came home and kept winning series. They went back out on the road, even with a disappointment in game one in Detroit, swept a doubleheader, took that series. Then they roll right over the Rockies in very impressive fashion. And you mentioned the offense getting it done, the bottom of the order getting it done, even though it was kind of quiet up at the top for people not named Ozzie Albies, though Ronald did draw a whole bunch of walks in this series. I will throw that in there. Uh, But you look at what Michael Harris has done the last 12 days, 22 hits in 46 at-bats as he has changed the complexion of his entire season. On June the 6th, he was batting 163 with an OPS of 490. As Jake mentioned, that OPS now up over 700. He's batting 249 this year. That all of a sudden sounds like, you know, a slow start, and maybe Michael Harris is going to heat up. Well, in fact, he has. He's just turned his whole season around in the course of about 10 or 12 days, and you can tell that all that hard work has really paid off for him as well. I mentioned uh, Ozzie Albies in this one. How about this lineup shuffle, Jake? That seems to have worked out really well for both Ozzie and for Matt Olson. Both of them had multi-hit games. Ozzie had his 17th home run of the year. This looks like a pretty good formula for this Braves lineup going forward. Yeah, Ozzy hasn't really ever struck me as that typical two-hole hitter just because he doesn't get on base a lot. But obviously, he brings a lot of power. He has speed. Uh, so, I mean, he obviously worked right now, and I think it's the way to go at the moment. Moved Matt down in the order where he can drive in some more runs with all those home runs as he did on Saturday with a big grand slam uh, to get the game started. I mean, the game was over in the first yeah. inning after that. I mean, uh, that's how you know deadly he can be. You put all those runners on in the first inning like the Braves do, and then Olsen comes up and the five hole, and he can knock them all in with one swing. So, uh, yeah, it's a great move. I think it was about time to maybe shuffle things up a little bit uh, to get both of these guys in the right spot. So we'll see how it works for now. But clearly for this weekend and this series, I mean, both of these guys 
had huge weeks. So uh, really, you know, love it and credit Snicker for going with it and making the move. And I think both guys really have benefited from it so far. Yeah, and he said that was something he'd been thinking about once Ozzy started swinging the bat well from both sides of the plate, yeah. just giving him the opportunity to hit up there because being a switch hitter, yeah, that can't come in handy. And one of the things that he mentioned specifically about it is for Michael Harris now, if you decide that you want to bring in a lefty to face him, well, then that lefty if with the three-batter minimum has to face Ronald Acuna Jr. and Ozzy Albies at the top of that order. That's very different than facing Matt Olson and Michael Harris as two of the three hitters you're required to face. And none of it's fun, I can tell you that. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of pitchers out there that aren't looking forward to going up head-to-head with this Braves lineup one through nine now. Uh, Ron Lacuna Jr., one for four. Ozzie, I mentioned, had three hits. Austin Riley, an 0 for six in this game. That has to be you know, a pretty big disappointment on a day that your team you know, has 18 hits. But if you're going to have a big 0 for like that, it is nice that it happens on a day when virtually everyone else was hitting and your team scores 14 runs, though I'm sure Austin will be looking to get himself right. Travis Darno had a double, a couple of hits for Matt Olson. Marcelo Zuna, one for four with a walk and a couple of runs scored. And Orlando Arcia, how about this? Ho-hum, another multi-hit game for him. Very good day for the Braves' offense. That will bring us to the Braves' pitching, which I'm going to tell you about what was going on for Charlie Morton and what the Braves' bullpen was able to do after I let you know about another of our great sponsors as this episode of the Braves' postcast is brought to you by eBay Motors, who reminds you a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit, and it's the same for your vehicle. So for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay Guaranteed Fit, ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, and of course, exclusions apply. Uh, For the Braves on the mound, it was Charlie Morton who ran into some trouble in the first inning, gave up a two-run homer. Then I felt like he was in trouble again in the second inning, a play that might should have been made by Orlando Arcia initially ruled a hit, changed later to an error, which I do feel like it was. Led to a very stressful second inning, but Charlie Morton after that, credit to him, was able to buckle in and get the Braves through five innings. That might not sound like a hero's tale on a day that you scored 14 runs. Really, the offense kind of carried it. But Charlie Morton getting those innings, Jake, I do think was important and you know, kind of bouncing back. And maybe this evens out for the, when he pitched so well in Detroit last week and got nothing to show for it as the Braves got walked off in that one. Yeah, there was a point in this game. I didn't know if Charlie was going to make it through the second inning. So yeah. the fact that he was able to get through five, you know, that's what I tweeted out a, a gutty performance by the veteran here where, you know, clearly didn't have it early on. I mean, the three walks, the hit batters, mm-hmm. giving up the home run. I mean, that's honestly more the the Charlie Morton that we saw a lot last year when he was kind of up and down and is having trouble, you know, with the walks and, and hitting too many batters. And then the big, the, the, the deep ball that he was given up as well. Yeah. But uh, I mean, overall, I mean, back-to-back games with eight strikeouts now, I mean, you can still, it's, it's somewhat similar to Strider. You can still see that the dominant stuff is there. It's just the consistency right now, really for both of those guys in the command that's failing them at times, but to be able to gut through that and get through five innings, keep the offense in it because that's really all you have to do right now and and able to come back and actually get the win in this one. Yeah, I mean, you'll take what you can get as far as wins are concerned. Again, maybe that's a little bit of baseball karma for throwing so well the last time out against Detroit and not getting a victory on that day. Even his record up at 6-6 and with five innings of a five-run ball, but only three of those were earned. Five hits, three walks. They hit batter, Jake mentioned, first batter of the game. Eight strikeouts, and it really just hung a curveball. In the first inning to Ryan McMahon, it went over the center field wall, and that was the first of the five runs that Colorado scored before the Braves were able to get back in the game. But, I mean, this story is give the Braves offense enough outs, and they're going to find some runs. Eddie Rosario hit a three-run homer. Uh, Then he knocked in another run to make it a 5-4 game. So at that point, it was Rockies 5, Rosario 4, 
Ozzy Albies hits the go-ahead home run in the fifth, and then it was just off to the races for the Braves' offense after that. And it bailed out Charlie Morton. A bullpen with four innings of one-run ball, a solo shot against Kirby Yates, seven more strikeouts out of the Braves' bullpen. We didn't get to talk a ton about him the other night, but how about Ben Heller? Back in there again, another inning, three more strikeouts. He's becoming a kind of an intriguing story, number one, because he has a great story as far as his comeback is concerned and some of the things that he's had to overcome and deal with. But also you like to look at the numbers that he has put up, Jake, in just, what, three innings thus far, eight punch-outs. That, as they say, will play. Yeah, that's, that's pretty impressive right there. And, I mean, we did touch on it a little bit the other night, the stuff just looked really good. I mean, yeah. you're talking about a high, high 90s fastball with some movement on it. So uh, the guy clearly has good stuff. Want to see more of him coming from that raised system. You know, they don't typically let no. too many good guys go, but they also have so many that it's hard to keep them all on the roster. So sometimes these guys will fall through the cracks. But yeah, I mean, he has looked tremendous. And, you know, the Braves bullpen, they could use some more of those dominant type relievers who have the big strikeout stuff so i think he's going to get opportunities he's had the opportunity to get in there because the Braves have had such big leads and he's made the most of it i mean he's done all that you could do right now to show that he deserves a spot in a big league bullpen so we'll see what happens going forward but he's definitely one of the bigger storylines on the pitching side where really a lot of the focus was on the offense i think ben heller really stood out in this series and then iglesias too want to mention that did go have a hit to start his outing but then came back and struck out the side so good to see him have a really dominant outing as well yeah it's next thing on my sheet was a clean inning for iglesias i know he gave up the hit but it was a check swing double you know against the shifted infield so I don't really look at that as something where, hey, Rice Iglesias was getting hit hard by the Rockies. He was not. He was able to settle down and throw a scoreless ninth inning. That certainly helps. Uh, talking about scoring, I mentioned earlier, 40 runs in this series. Jake, it probably won't surprise you to know that the Braves now rank first in the National League in runs scored. They surpassed the Dodgers with 14 runs today, 395 on the season. Only the Rays and Rangers have scored more runs than have the Braves in all of Major League Baseball. But the Braves are number one in OPS in all of baseball as well with their little power display over the weekend against the Rockies. So some pretty impressive stuff for this Braves team. The four more home runs, two for Rosario. He's got 13 on the year. Ozzy at 17 now. And Michael Harris, don't look now, he's already got half a dozen home runs when it felt like he really just couldn't seem to get anything on track as of two or three weeks ago. But he's starting to make his presence felt in the long ball department as well. Uh, and for Ozzy, of course, that go-ahead home run, a very big hit in this game. A little bit of house cleaning as far as things that have gone on over the weekend as we didn't have a show on Saturday. But Sean Murphy uh, pulling up lame on his way to first base with a hamstring injury. The MRI came out clean. He was not placed on the injured list yet. They can, of course, make that move retroactive. They're going to see how he feels uh, as they get into the series in Philadelphia. Chadwick Tromp was called up. Charlie Culberson designated for assignment as a result of that. Uh, but, you know, you got to make a move, I think, to have a backup catcher, a viable one. If you're worried that you're not going to have Sean Murphy, even if it's just for you know, three, four days, Jake, you've got to make some kind of move there. And unfortunately for Charlie, he's the odd man out there. And he never even got onto the field in the month that he spent in a Braves uniform. Yeah, unfortunate for Charlie Cor Culberson, obviously a uh, great guy, great guy in the clubhouse there, but was obviously the guy that had to go to make the move to Trump. Because as you said, you got to have a backup catcher if you feel like you can't lose Sean Murphy. But what it does, the Braves don't have a backup infielder really at this yeah. moment. So it'd be some really big shuffling. I know some people were trying to speculate before the game who would move where if you had to, but I don't think they can go very long without having a backup infielder either. So something's going right. to have to give. Obviously, they'll take the off day to kind of evaluate that, and then we'll see what kind of move could, what might be made there. Yeah, I mean, we could speculate a lot of different ways, but typically when we start talking about who's the emergency, this or that, oftentimes you don't see them and knock on wood, you hope that you don't. 
in the time in which they're trying to figure out what to do with Sean Murphy. But to go through Sunday's game, at least having a backup catcher was important. And unfortunately, as part of the business, you only get 26 guys on the active roster. And for Charlie Culberson, not the kind of day that he wanted. But we'll see if he's able to stick around in the system as well. Now, the Braves are not the only red-hot team in the National League East. The Braves have their six-game winning streak. And, of course, the four-game sweep over the weekend helped with that. Miami Marlins have won four in a row. They're five games back, sitting in second place. Philadelphia Phillies are carrying a six-game win streak as well. They are eight games back, though, in the National League East. So the Braves picked a very good time to go on a winning streak because the Phillies all of a sudden got hot and pushed themselves back into this divisional race. And we'll talk a little bit more about them in just a moment. So let's get set uh, for the series opener, which is on Tuesday after the Braves off day on Monday as Atlanta rolls into Citizens Bank Park. It'll be the first of a three-game set. It's right-hander Spencer Strider, 7-2 and two on the year, but he's been knocked around lately, a 4-12 ERA as a result of that. Left-hander Ranger Suarez on the mound for the Phillies, 1-2 and two with a 3.82 ERA. Going to be interesting to see how Spencer Strider adjusts, number one, from the couple of starts that he has dealt with in which he has really gotten knocked around uh, last two times out. And then, of course, Jake, this is Spencer Strider going back to Citizens Bank Park, where in the postseason last year, he certainly had a start that I'm sure he'd like to forget. Somebody's going to pay at some point. Spencer Strider's going to figure this out, and he's and some teams, poor teams, going to pay for it. Hopefully, it's the Phillies on Tuesday. But uh, the Braves gone through you know this stretch of the schedule, and they've taken advantage. They've gotten the wins like they need to. But now you look at the rest of this month of June, and you got the Phillies who are red hot. Mm-hmm. You got a Reds team that is red hot. You got a Twins team who you know it's leading the AL Central. I don't what whatever that's worth. And then you got the Marlins uh, for a game at the end of the month as well. And they're playing red hot. So, I mean, uh, it's really going to, the competition is going to pick up a good bit here. So the Braves need Spencer Strider to get it going and figure things out. And hopefully that starts on Tuesday. Yeah, they definitely need him to kind of figure this whole thing out. I mean, the velocity has been down at times and it's kind of back, but it hasn't been at the, you know, 98, 99 consistently, maybe even touching triple digits yeah. at time. We haven't really seen that this year. I think that, you know, velocity is part of it, but I don't think that that's all of it either. So we'll see if maybe he's able to, you know, rely on his slider a little bit more, maybe mix in some more change-ups. I know it's not a pitch he loves to throw a lot, but maybe right now while he's trying to figure some things out, he goes from throwing it five or six times to maybe throwing it 10 or 12 times. I'll also, you know, just as devil's advocate say, you never want to get beat on your third best pitch. So I can understand why Spencer Strider hasn't just started throwing, you know, 30 change-ups a game. So it certainly makes sense, but, he wants to figure this thing out. Uh, he's been pretty open and and just raw about you know how he's felt about these last couple of outings. It's not acceptable to him, certainly, and he needs to figure out some ways to make those adjustments, and every player goes through it. No matter how dominating you are, no matter how hot you were prior to that, if we're talking about a hitter, you are going to find some time in which the game of baseball is going to humble you, and it can come along pretty much at the drop of a hat. Yeah, it can come. The game can humble you as a fan as well. All of us like to make predictions, and we think we know everything, and we get humbled pretty quickly. It's same thing for players. I mean, everybody, as you said, is going to get humbled at some point. But Spencer Strider, as you know, is that guy who I believe in as much as anybody else on that team. That if they're going to figure it out, you know, it's going to be Spencer Strider, and he knows himself. He knows his mechanics. So certainly feel like he's going to get there at some point. Like I said. Some poor team is going to pay. And again, I really want it to be the Phillies on Tuesday night. It would certainly be a great place to start. So it's the Phillies hosting the Braves in a three-game series Tuesday through Thursday. Off day on Monday for Atlanta. Spencer Strider against Ranger Suarez in game one. That's a 6.40 p.m. Eastern time first pitch at Citizens Bank Park on Tuesday. That brings us to the end of this edition of the Braves postcast. As always, we appreciate you riding along with us for it. 
Uh, make sure you subscribe right here on YouTube to Locked On Sports Atlanta. Hit the bell to get notified and make sure you click that like button as well. And tell a friend if you've been enjoying the show or if you just checked it out for the first time. We appreciate you doing that. And we want to find ways to make the show grow. And you are a huge part of that. Also, make sure you subscribe to Locked On Braves wherever you get your podcasts because Jake has all kinds of great stuff for you all season long. And you get every edition of the Braves postcast. So it's really a win-win. It's a two-for-one. So go ahead, click subscribe um, wherever you get your podcast to Locked On Braves as well. Once again, the Braves with a big-time win to cap a big-time series sweep against the Rockies. 14-6, to the offense came to play, and they pretty much didn't stop until the bell rang at the very end of this series as the Braves sweep away Colorado. Once again, for Jake Mastriani, I'm Grant McCauley. We will catch you soon as the Braves and Phillies get things started this week. And until then, so long, everyone. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. D.C. Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked on Yankees. Locked on Mariners. Locked on Mets. Locked on Angels. And you're listening to Locked on Braves. Locked on Braves. Locked on Braves. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.